took a trip to Neverland About six years ago And told myself I'm never coming back home again Now here I stand before you Lost and cold Alright, it's Alex with All Evolve Radio back again I just cut that out now So basically, the preview of the song that we played is Industrial Espionage It's on the Boom album from a long time ago uh, of course, the one that we talk about quite often is uh, Marco Lira. So we're going to go ahead and pick it up today. It's going to be a simple day. Um, I got Seth with me. What's up, guys? So Seth is actually going to be starting his podcast on uh, Heroes Media Group as well. So we're going to talk about that, talk about some things, and kind of go from there. I'm going to introduce today a new segment, Financial in 5. Okay. So basically, it is something that I don't want to dedicate a whole lot of time to it. Because if people really want to know about it, they're more than welcome to contact me and we can talk about that stuff. So basically, looking at everything, um, of course, like always, big shout out to Adam over at Heroes Media Group. Um, if you guys haven't found him on Facebook and Instagram, just follow, like, whatever you got to do. Um, they support me. I support them. I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't matter who tries to take me. I'm here. So let's do this. All right. Another shout out is my boys over at White Rabbit Food Truck, like always, in SoCal. So... Always doing it real good. I'm telling you, around the world tacos. If you can get around the world burrito, that's the shit. Okay, so we're gonna cover a few topics today. Um, so this is Seth. Seth is actually a old friend of mine. I think we've known each other since what 2009, Seth. Uh, 2008, 2009. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite been a long while. time. So Seth was actually in the military. He's actually in the military. Are you still in? No, I got out in 2014. Oh yeah, he got out in 2014. So he's gonna talk about that a little bit. He'll introduce himself. And then what we will do from there is just kind of talk about our topics. Then we'll talk about a show a little bit. I'll play some more music like we always do uh, with everything else and kind of go from there. So um, something that I saw in the news recently that I thought was super hilariously stupid was uh, the good old Colin Kaepernick, right? So this dude is a fucking moron. Okay, I, I'll say it over and over again. I mean, he's just... I don't think it gets any any stupider than this guy. And stupider being obviously not the word that we should be using. Oh, maybe that's why my mic was turned sideways. So in that, um, I mean, so I'm a veteran. Seth's a veteran. I mean, when you look at this dude, Seth, how, how does that make you feel? You know what, man? I, I always default on, you know, First Amendment. If he wants to have an opinion, right on. Have your opinion, even if I disagree with it. But... That doesn't mean that I can't call you an asshole because you're uninformed um, or you're just flat out wrong, in which case he is. Yeah. Um, and in his case, it seems like he just kind of regurgitates whatever's being fed to him. Yeah. Um, and then he just... It's weird. You look at his early career, and he was kind of a, a model player as far as the NFL is concerned. He was a, a stud athlete. Did a lot of work uh, as a younger dude for a team and, and got him fairly far in the playoffs. And then uh, it's almost like once his performance started to decline, he had to stay in um, stay in the limelight somehow. So, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because you look at it. I mean, he's only he only has an opinion because he's fading out of the limelight. You know, I gotta say that's true because this dude is just so like ridiculous, yeah. right? You look at everything. 
It's like I saw a meme that says uh, he told somebody else on the team, he goes, hey, man, you should grow your hair out like me. He's like, nah, man, I actually got to put my helmet on. Yeah. So, you know, looking at it, I mean, for me, the way I look at it, you know, people talk about First Amendment rights, all this kind of stuff, but they get mad when we call them out on something. So why can we, why can we, or why can they have First Amendment right, but we can't to call them a fucking moron? Yeah, and I think that's kind of a, a, a culprit of the younger generation where uh, they want to have their own opinion without recognizing the right of other people to have their opinion as well. It's either you agree with my opinion or you're wrong. You know, there's no uh, hearing a second voice, and it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's like that, to be honest with you. But uh, mm. I, that's I think it's a generational thing. I think most of the people in, in our generation and younger are going to be that way. So something Hector just said right now that kind of uh, I don't know if it's true, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But apparently, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is like a Black Lives Matter person yeah i've heard that as well um i mean here i've been very vocal about my feeling about black lives matter and um you know (laughs) i feel like they're a bunch of fucking the people running it are a bunch of fucking morons i I like the idea of what they're trying to do but they don't know what the fuck they're doing you know what i'm saying and yeah i mean brandon makes a good point i mean the dude is the epitome of of what you can be He's his his fucking parents are white, right? He has adopted parents. He has adopted parents. His yeah. parents are white. He makes millions and millions of dollars sitting on a fucking bench, right? I mean, am I am I wrong about that? No. I mean, you look at he he's the epitome of of somebody who has no idea what it's like to struggle in this world. I don't care what anybody fucking says. This dude does not know what it's fucking like to struggle. I mean, he's twenty nine years old making more money than I've ever seen in any video whatsoever. You know, I mean, only time I've seen more is watching Conor McGregor post his shit. Yeah, don't get me started on Conor because that dude's a genius. Oh, man, I love I love Conor, man. It's yeah. funny because um, I used to be against Conor, you know, and more because of because uh, he just seemed super arrogant to me, which is funny is – we go to Connor because that's what partly what Seth's show is going to be about, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of what I want to do on my show is going to be relating um, to fitness, MMA, um, shooting and firearms, and then obviously um, a lot of the guests that I'm intending to have on are going to be veterans. So looking at the transition that they've had outside of the military and the experiences that they're transitioning into and how they're um, – using their military experience to kind of help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the MMA front, yeah, Connor is, uh, he's, he's a marketing genius. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily his actual character. I think he understands that in order to be a draw and fit into the fight game and be profitable, he has to have that kind of personality where it's um, kind of Chael Sonnen-esque, you know? Mm-hmm. You look back at Chael Sonnen, and Chael Sonnen kind of pioneered that as far as MMA is concerned. Um, you know, he's always touting himself as the bad guy and really he's not a bad guy. He just puts on a persona to kind of draw that out in people. So, yeah. So we'll go, we'll go more into your show. Um, let's do a little bit more shit talking Yeah, and then we'll kind of go from there. So <laughs> one thing, so looking at this with the back to the whole, uh, Colin's a, a fucking moron. I mean, I tagged him on Facebook 
granted he'll never fucking see it because he doesn't give a shit about me because you know i'm just it's funny he'd probably be like oh you're just a racist white person i'm hispanic motherfucker i mean it doesn't work out that way so you know I, i look at that and i think to myself like man these are the fucking role models we have for our kids I mean, I had O.J. Simpson growing up, yeah. you know, who was a role model at one point. You know, he, he was actually a very good role model at one point. You know, um, I mean, you, you look at that and I think to myself, like, fuck, man, like, I don't mind. I don't mind, like, you know, like somebody looking up to Connor, right, for example. Right. He's a little, he's a little much in his shit talking and stuff like that. But obviously, like you said, it's all, it's all marketing. It's all part of what it is, right? But you look at this dude. Making eighteen million dollars a year, sucking at life. I mean, you know, it's funny, but you can tell that he had no idea when he wore the Castro shirt what he was talking about. Like the interview said, "Oh, how do you feel about Castro? The fact that he was one of the biggest oppressors of the human of the human race over the last fifty years." He's like, "Well, that's that's not what I was talking about. I was more like talking like, uh, you know, free education right. and universal health care." And I think we'd agree that that's all good, right? Right. No, motherfucker, we don't agree it's all good. You know why? Because you can't take the good and just leave out the bad. They got free health care. They, they became a socialist, beyond socialist country, right? They got free health care, and then they got yeah, rounded then, up by the scores and executed. So, yeah, so you look at great. that trade-off. I know, it's great. So I, I will say this, uh, Colin, fuck you. I don't like you. And... Um, yeah, that's it. So, kind of going on in the other news, um, something that was super badass that I saw in the news today. This is good. Yeah, this goes with. <laughs> it says the whole world just took a step back and said, "Oh fuck," because today it is now General Mathis who will be the Defense Secretary. What that means is people are gonna get fucked up for fucking with us. This dude is the kind of guy that I mean, you know, they got. They got Chuck Norris jokes about, you know, about Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris got jokes about Mathis, about how he wants to be Mathis. Because he's just a badass motherfucker. I mean, I followed this guy, obviously. I was in the Marine Corps from 02 to 06, and just, this dude was like the, I don't know, man. What, what would you call somebody that, uh, that is, um, it's like a fucking unicorn that exists, Right? So I remember when I saw this dude, I saw him from afar, and you just you just see how heavy the chest is for one. He's got fucking everything on there. You know, he he's just a scary motherfucker when you look at him. Yeah, you're, just, you're referring to his his dress uniform, all his medals and awards. Oh yeah, I mean the guy, non military so, types. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's kind of one of those things that you know. I mean, I look at it all day long, and I think to myself, like, I would have loved to see him run for president, even though he would have had no chance. Um, at least in his first run, if he ran one time, he wouldn't have had a chance. There's no doubt about that, right? I know some Jay Whites. I know a Jonathan White. I know a couple of Jay Whites. So that's something else. So basically. That's who we get for Secretary of Defense. I mean, we've got some good things coming out. I mean, there's some things I'm not too happy about so far about Trump. Um, but flip-flops to be expected. I mean, it just is what it is in this world. I mean, we look at it, we can't have a perfect world. It's just not going to fucking happen. But you look at Mathis, right? 
So Mathis is just, if you don't know him, just Google a little bit about him. I mean, you can find 16 best Mathis quotes. Okay, so, I mean, the biggest thing is he's just a guy that, I mean, I'm sure you can agree being in the Army, like, this dude is a guy you could, anybody can get out. doesn't matter what uniform you're in, you'll get up and fucking follow. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Mattis is that he's got one of those types of attitudes that even though he's obviously a scholar, I mean, he didn't get as far as he did being just kind of yeah, a Yeah, he wouldn't type. be a four-star just being a moron. But, uh... You know, he's definitely not afraid to take a stand and dig his heels in and, and use force where it's needed. And that's that's something that I think is sorely lacking when you look at the higher leadership in the military. I think there's um, a strong lack of that kind of character trait of being a warrior and remembering what it's like to, to be in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like throughout the remainder of his career in the military, he always took that with him. And it was always uh, kind of a badge of pride. Um, that, you know, he didn't let the political correctness dull his edge. Yeah, no, um, I agree. So I think, you know, if he's confirmed by Congress, um, it definitely bodes well for us because it almost sets the tone for the rest of the world that says, you know, we've got a Secretary of Defense who believes in actually utilizing our military and making a strong military. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not like uh, looking at previous... Um, Secretary of Defenses or uh, Secretaries of the Army in the past eight years that have been very, um, very politically correct and have taken a lot of the strengths of our military away. So this is definitely a tone change, and I think it's for the better. Yeah, and I, I like it, man. I, I think for everything that's going on, I, I think this is what we need. This is the the bit of light in, in the darkness, I think. While a lot of people don't agree with Trump, they don't agree with him. Man, I'm about to, hold on, I'm about to pause this right now.
All right, so we're going to pick it up right there. So we paused it real quick because I have some little ones that, for some reason, don't know how to listen. But, um, yeah, so we're talking about Mathis, right? So he's he's a dude. I feel like Seth's right. He is going to bring back the ability to, to, to flex, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because he's never been scared of anybody. I mean, coolest thing I see, you know, it's on his 15 list of quotes. It says, demonstrates to the world there's no better friend, no worse enemy than enemy." than U.S. Marine, which is kind of funny because that's right there on my arm. But um, just kind of looking, I mean, overall, I feel like with that as an addition, I feel like we'll, we'll kind of get the balls back. Absolutely. Yeah, and kind of like you uh, you alluded to, it's going to give us our um, positioning back. Um, when you look at dealing with um, North Korea for a prime example, you know, no one feared the Obama administration. You know, you look at the administration the past eight years, and it wasn't like, all right, if we fuck with the United States, there's going to be consequences. Um, I mean, you look at uh, the Iran scenario where they captured, what was it, like eight or ten of our sailors. That wouldn't have happened if we had a tougher administration. Um, I think Iran knew they could get away with things like that. And so trying to reverse that, by having a Trump and a Mattis in those positions where the rest of the world's going to take a step back and say, you know what, we need to watch what we're doing when we deal with the United States. And I don't necessarily want it to be a bully thing. Like, it's it's definitely not, but... Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I understand that. And that's the thing about it, though. I think that, you know, we're just missing that aspect. I mean, you look at the people that we've had in charge, and they're a fucking joke. You know, I mean, realistically... I mean, when I when I when I look at Obama, I just don't see like I don't see like a commander in chief is as much as I hate to say that because I do feel that you have to respect. Like I I never sat there and said he's not my president. I said I didn't vote for him plenty of times because I didn't. So, you know, I didn't vote for him. There's no hiding that. But however, the fact is, whether he is or not, I saw a flow chart that was very simple. It says, is he your president? And the question yeah. says, are you a U.S. citizen? Yes. <laughs> says, well, then he's your president. The no was, well, because you shouldn't be in this country anyway, so he's not your president because you have a president, and it's in another country. Right. So, um, let me see. So, Mateo is on with us. Again, say hi, Tace. Say hi right here, buddy. Right here, say hi. Dude, why are you being a dick? <laughs> yeah. So, basically... Um, you know, kind of with that. Dude, you're not even a baby. Why are you making baby sounds? Yeah. So, let's get back to the... Let's go back to, I can't even... I'm speechless, Seth. I don't even know what I was trying to say. <laughs> so, um, I think it'll be a good thing for us. Um, I mean, I'm super excited. I mean, I got tagged by like five people today because they knew how excited I was going to be. I mean, today I had a shitty day. It was a pretty... Bad day. Why are you a duck now, dude? See, part of my... I get really lucky, Seth, because you have to get something like this because whenever the show starts getting boring a little bit, boom, here comes Mateo, just fucking wise right up. So, you know, basically, with all that being said, I mean, I was super happy about it. I would have loved to see him. Man, imagine him as a VP. Yeah. That'd be crazy, right? So um, that's kind of left there. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it because I, I want to see what the administration does. I want to see where it goes. 
because I truly hope that we get part of what we're expecting at least because we know no matter what happens, we're not going to get everything we want, right? I mean, we can agree on that. Well, we'll see. So, but at the same time, dude, if you un... It's like a tunnel over here. So, by the way, I think I'm going to set up a studio because I'm getting tired of like having to like, record with all this nonsense. So, um, but I mean, I really hope the administration shows us something that, that, that we want to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's so long. They've been so greedy. And, and I mean, you look at, you were in Iraq in what year? So I was in Iraq, 05 to 07, and then Afghanistan, 2009, 2010. Okay. So I was in Iraq in 06 for most of 06. Where were you at? Uh, Ramadi. Okay. So you're in, that's funny. Is I was in TQ and Ramadi. So, um, yeah, well, I'm, you know, when EOD did the push of Ramadi, I remember, I remember doing all the, all the, all the, um, calculations for cash and explosive weight. And it was Mm. fucking ridiculous how much shit they found. Dude, they were, they were finding like 10,000 pounds a day there. Uh, so we had a tank battalion that was rolling around Ramadi Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we had Bradley's and then we had Abrams. Mm -hmm. Well, they were blowing turrets off of freaking Abrams because mm-hmm. they were tying two fifty-five gallon drums together that were filled with HME mm-hmm. and just burying them in the side of the road. Yeah. So they were. It's a lot of shit in Ramadi. Yeah. Sorry, I had to give the eye to, to two kids that are not controlling themselves, and we got Mateo not being good, of course, like everything else. So, yeah, I mean, it was crazy because when I was working with EOD, I mean. I was very blessed when I was in Iraq. I got to work with some badass people. Shh. Quiet. I got to work with some badass people. I mean, those dudes, a lot of them are still in, too, because they're all EOD techs. They're now mass sergeants, first sergeants, shit like that, which yeah. is nuts, right? So, basically, I remember the craziest thing we were seeing for a while is, like, three African 155s, three uh, 155 South Africans linked together. I mean, that shit was crazy. You start thinking now, 55-gallon barrels that are just shrapnel, just going everywhere. I mean, it's fucking nuts. But, um, you know, you look at that time, I mean, how much was... K- I talk about all the time, how much money KBR is making just a day. They're making over a million dollars a day. It's crazy. And you look it's at... It's crazy to think about. Oh, and then you look at, you know, a lot of people don't know that Dick Cheney is an arm's length away in ownership of KBR. Right. So you look at it, and it's like, we're sitting here fucking making nothing, right? I mean, we ate really good. I don't know about you guys, but when they made that million-dollar chow hall, but everything in the Marine Corps is a million-dollar anything. Million-dollar shower, million-dollar barracks. Must be nice. It was a million-dollar, but we did have a nice chow hall. It was nothing compared to the Air Force chow halls, though, right? But um, remember when we were there, it's like all you look is how can we make more money? How can we bring more money and fatten the pockets of people like think about Hillary Clinton talking about that she was broke when she left the White House but she ain't broke anymore yeah I mean it's just kind of to me it's disturbing because I think about it it's like I lost I lost a good amount of friends I mean I don't even know how many I lost because I, I try not to think about it but you think about I would trade all their riches for that to never have happened so you say oh well you know, we shouldn't have been there anyway. Well, we shouldn't have been, but I was there for the people that were there, not for the, the cause of, of making money. I mean, would you agree with that? Well, yeah, for sure. So, um, but you look at that, I mean, at that time, it wasn't about, 
I don't think the the problem. It's all about flexing and money at the at the end of the day, and that's the biggest problem, because the money is not being made at at our level or even the rich people's level. I mean, it's not. It's the people that can't even touch the 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 money at that point because it's so high in the government. I mean, you look at it. I remember talking to a guy. His budget was three hundred thousand dollars for new chairs at the Chow Hall. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking stupid. That's blasphemy. So. If if anybody at headquarters Marine Corps is listening to this, you don't give three hundred fucking thousand dollars. You know what you do? You get some fucking foldable benches, so we can put away, play some basketball when it's fucking raining, just you know, like dude, school days. Now that you say that, um, in Afghanistan, I spent a little bit of time as a squad designated marksman, so I ran an M fourteen, mm-hmm. and uh, me and the other SDM were trying to get suppressors. Yeah, requisition for. Our team so that way when we go out we had a little bit of um noise suppression when we're we're running fires yeah. so um we drew up a, a plan basically saying why we needed these things and uh, sent it all the way up request is obviously denied and then less than a month later they spent something crazy like thirty thousand dollars on office chairs like a dozen office chairs it's, it's nuts right it's absurd so and you know i i asked him i'm like i'm like what do you mean he's like oh yeah i gotta spend every dime too if not next year they're not going to give it to me it's like the problem of being in the government is people are penalized for not saving money like oh well now i'm not going to get it next year in that budget right or they talk about it that you know oh well you know if i don't spend this and next year we're going to get we're going to get nothing he spent three hundred thousand dollars on fucking titanium chairs yeah but circling back i mean I think with uh, somebody like Mattis at the helm, I think it'll definitely be a cultural change, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's the big thing about it is, and that's kind of what I'm ref- what I'm going to. I mean, at that point, I don't know the extent of the full power that the Secretary of Defense is going to have, obviously. It's not like him being, you know, the head of the, of the military. I don't It's not really the same. Well, they put Dunford as chief of staff, too. Yeah, I mean, I saw that, but I, I don't know where that's going to go yet. I, I mean, I just... I'm just super excited on, on Mattis right now. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's the mad dog. You know, he's... If you guys don't know the history of this guy, I mean, there's there's a lot of Marines that, that are, have a lot of good history, but a lot of them are dead, right? You've got John Bassalone, you got Red Mike Edson, which is Edson Range name after him on Pendleton. Um, obviously, just... I can name them off forever. I mean... Of course, you look at Chessie Pooler, he's like every every Marine's like Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee rolled into one like beautiful like unicorn, right? I mean, who's who do the, who's the army have like who's the army see as that? Maybe Audie Murphy. Really? Yeah. Or like Patton. Patton to some extent for sure, but I think Audie Murphy is definitely like the revered character just because. But not like not like Bruce Lee, and Bruce Willis. And Chuck Norris rolled into this like unicorn. I mean, have would... you seen Audie Murphy's record? I no, but I'm just saying. But like, it's not even so much about the record; it's about the, the mindset. It's about the mindset, yeah. and the the fact is, if, if that guy came to my door and I was like, "Hey, Alex, we gotta go kill some people," and be like, "All right, let me get my shit," you know, and uh, you know, I'm not not downplaying Audie Murphy at all, but I just don't know, right? Yeah, I am your dad. Don't forget. So, 
you know, and I've always wondered that because you know, it's a, obviously I've got some friends in the in the army and stuff like that. That you know, you were in. I think because you had left and you got back, and it was you got you got back for a while and then you had to leave again. But I was already back in California, right? Yeah. So I mean, but when I look at it, the reason I ask that question is I think is you know we take care we we forget to um, forget to kind of look at the history and. There's a lot of people that were, were in the past. I mean, you figure, okay, so if you were to say somebody pre-40 years ago in the Army who was very influential, very much like that dude, like, who do you think? Wait, 40 years ago? Pre-40 years ago. So, like, basically between now like, and 40 years? No, like, like, so if you were to think of, like, historic Army figure that was just the, the baddest motherfucker of all time, who would you say? It's got to be Audie Murphy. I mean, what he did in World War Two is, yeah, pretty astounding. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other heroes, but I think that's going to be the, the one the synonymous. But the one that comes yeah. to your mind, you yeah. Know? And, and that's kind of for me. Like I love, I love you know military history, military knowledge of of all aspects of it. And um, man, maybe you should come on the show more so I can learn a little bit more about that side. You know, while I worked with with Army, um, <laughs> I worked with Australian Special Forces. Those guys have the silliest camis I've ever seen. It looks like you went to Dippin' Dots and just threw that shit all over the camis. There's some crazy shit in some other militaries. It's not very useful. So Tony says, New Age with Storm and Norman. Yeah. What, do you think? what do you think? Well... Desert Storm was all of an eight-hour war, essentially. Yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty true. I mean, I look, I, I hate to uh, to rub you know some veterans wrong, but you know, Desert Storm really wasn't a whole lot of conflict comparatively. You know. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their their thoughts of it. Um, I I don't know that we've had a war that I could say was totally uh, beneficial. Uh, since like, I don't even know the last time I could say there was a yeah. war that I would agree with. But is there any war that's beneficial? I mean, it's all. One I, mean, of my, the, I mean, the civil fucking war. Yeah, but I, one of my favorite quotes is: "In order for progress to be made, there must be struggle." So, mm-hmm. you know, while war seems to have a purpose, it still sucks. No hey, matter look, what. Tom Bosco's on the look at Tom Bosco's on the line right there. Who? Tom Bosco. I don't know who that is. It's okay. So, yeah, see, look at Brandon says, what about the Civil War? I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it's like it's like you can't have a, vir- a hero without a villain, right? For sure. You know, and that's that's kind of the unfortunate. <laughs> then Brandon says the Revolutionary War. Okay, so Brandon is bringing his New York education over here to us right now to show us what he's not here to show us. You know so, what? <laughs> Brandon, were you ever in the military? No, he wasn't. He's, no. He's like my little brother. Okay. Yeah. So, there's nothing good about war being involved in it. Yes, there may be positive change that results from it, which is why we go to war in the first place. But for those involved in it, yeah, it's different. I mean, like for me, when when I went to Iraq, I mean, so basically, look at he says, laugh my ass off, high school diploma, right on. Yeah, no. One thing about Brandon is he's. This so I got so I got two people to help me run Skyprint in California, right? It was Brandon and Hector. Um, Hector was our longest of anybody, um, but Brandon was like longest in terms of he slept at the shop too. So like, hmm. 
you know, it was kind of funny. But with Brandon, he's just like, uh, here, I'll show you what he looks like. He looks like, um, what's his name? Watch. I'll just show you who he is. You tell me what actor he looks like. This could be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. I'm sorry in advance, Brandon. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to say some off-the-wall shit. Okay. So, all right. Quickly. If you look quick. Uh, not that one. <laughs> think think Silver Linings Playbook. All I see when I look at him is that fucking redneck catfish. It's always down in fifths. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's what I see when I look at him. Wait, what, this isn't even you. Why are these people tagging you, Brandon? Brandon's getting tagged by looks like a bunch of young kids drinking alcohol. That's weird. So, um, what's his name? Freaking uh, Hector. What's the name? Pam disconnect his computer. That's so funny. So, um, Brandon actually looks like what the fuck is his name? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, I think Very that's quickly. a stretch. I mean, I, I think I think you'd have to see the way we saw him originally. Okay. But um, when he talks, he sounds like him. It's 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 fucking hilarious. So he says, "I have no clue." <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just Brandon's Brandon's a funny dude, man. He's uh, he's definitely a different kind. You know, he was in uh, in Fury Seven or Fast Seven. Right on. Yeah, he was in Fast Seven. He says big stretch. Yeah, look, he's like right at the top, like when they're you know at the top of the thing where it says Race Wars. Yeah, he's right there. So you actually you actually see him, hmm. and my kids love it too. I think they they think it's hilarious. So now, um, what we're gonna go we're gonna go a little bit deeper talking about what um, Seth's show is gonna be about, and um, let's have some input, make some fun, and kind of go from there. So um, kind of let's go, Seth. So you're saying you want to do some MMA talks, some right. shooting talks, um, some some. I guess veteran aspect of, of looking from the outside in, right? Right. Yeah. So a big part of my experience in the military um, was taking the fight to the enemy. So um, I spent some time as an SDM. I was a combatives instructor. Um, I fought at All Army in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been at the higher level of of um, shooting and fighting. And yeah. so um, you know, obviously, it's where my passion's at. Mm-hmm. So. I've grown into this, I don't know, I don't want to call it an obsession with MMA, but I appreciate the art of it and, and the technicality of it. Um, so, you know, it's definitely one of the focuses that I want to be on just because I, I practice jiu-jitsu and judo um, in my personal life now outside of the military. Um, so it's, it's definitely a fascination for me. It's definitely something that I um, stay up on so mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to touch base on that uh, obviously uh, shooting techniques um, things of that nature because I am passionate about shooting and marksmanship and um, applying those not only on the range but uh, usefulness daily so people that uh, conceal carry um, and then also I'd like to have a bunch of veterans on my show I won't say it's going to all be veterans but I definitely want to explore the aspect of uh, some of the veterans that have gotten out and transitioned into other realms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I've got a, a buddy of mine that was an Army Ranger that um, now is with Phoenix Fire Department. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's been very successful in his post-military career, but also because of that experience following the military, he's got some experiences there that maybe a whole lot of people haven't heard about or um, that would be interesting to a lot of people. So, 
And I think that's a, that's a big point because, um, you know, the, the thing about it is a lot of people just don't really understand, like, why we feel the way we do. Like, people don't understand why I don't agree with flag burning, why I don't agree with walking on the flag. Um, it's, it's not even a matter of freedom of speech to me. I'm sorry, but you do that shit in front of me, I'm going to fucking do something to you. You know, and that's just me. I mean, you know, if they're free to do it, I'm free to do what I need to do. Um, but I think when when you do those kind of things, people can really get to understand why we all think the way we think, right? Right. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand why certain things you can say to a veteran that you can say to somebody else would be found to be super disrespectful or whatnot, right? Because they just don't understand those things. I mean, they just don't know what's going on. Um, you know, like, um, what would you say something that super pisses you off that somebody says? Mm, there's a lot of shit that pisses me off. No, just think say. of something. Just, something <laughs> just, it doesn't have to be the, the most. What do you think? Just like a random thing that pisses me off? Yeah, like, what's something that is, like, major, like, you know, it happens often and people always, always uh, ask you about it. Well, the obvious one is... Oh, Did you, you kill anybody? You ever shot anybody? Yeah. yeah. And the funniest response I ever saw to that was... Uh, There's one of the Facebook pages that's run by Grunts that uh, put a picture up and it showed like a dude and a chick sitting there at a bar talking. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so have you ever like killed anybody? And then he looks at her and he goes, so have you ever like had an abortion? And then at the <laughs> said, same fucking thing. <laughs> so. uh, you know, and, and it's funny that, you know... People like for me, I, I was very fortunate. So even when I went to go work with EOD, because I was a communicator, obviously, but I did multi-channel, so I got to sit back, chill, relax. Um, lucky for me, I mean, you know me, dude. I I don't mind working out, but I don't want to work at work, right? So I, I got I was very fortunate to be able to go to EOD because when we went out, we had we had to focus, we had to think, but then we were protected all the way around, like. I remember first night I went out, we had gunfire, right? And I was like, they, when did they, when did the rule change that you had to actually engage to get a combat action ribbon? You remember that? I don't know. It was know. a short stint, right? So I'm sitting there, we're getting fucking, we're getting, we got coverage on right, we got coverage on left, coverage on front, coverage on the back. Well, this uh, EOD tech, I'm not going to say his name, but he decides he can't get a good line of sight, so he sits on top of the truck. That's a good idea. On top of the coop. This dude was like, imagine um, Mel Gibson in fucking Lethal Weapon, right? Like, he just does shit. Like, he just walks into shit, doesn't even think. I mean, he just does it, right? I mean, which is kind of scary. But then you look at it, um, you know, then we, we get fire from, we get contact right. Fucking blowing them out. By the time I'm up in the air, like they got fucking like three thousand shots in this one, and it's like four four dudes, you know. And I kind of like that because nobody knows who actually killed the guy, so that's one less thing that they got to worry about at the time. Because a lot of these people talk about, oh, I can. I always think it's funny when these people talk about, oh, I can kill people, I can do this, I can do that. You know, I'm not scared of this. I want to go do some shit. Then you realize that you know kids think that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, for, for sure, it's it's kind of an immature mindset. Yeah, because you think about it, it's like I, I tell people all the time: until you know what it's like to have to be in somebody's sights and then miss, 
changes your aspect on you know if you got to take somebody else's life you got to do you got to do what you got to do but i feel that 99% of the people out there would not return fire you know what i'm saying the, the people i'm saying the, the civilians that we're talking to that ask these kind of questions about what we do i mean how do you feel about that do you think that it's true well i'm sure there's an intrigue to uh to men that have been to war you know there's always going to be that kind of mystique about it um, I think that's why you see a whole lot of people on Instagram that have these military appreciation pages that have hundreds of thousands of followers run by somebody who's never been in the military. Oh, yeah. And they just share military pictures. And it's it's because there's that intrigue from somebody who's actually faced the fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it kind of comes with the territory. I'm, I'm never a super asshole when I get questions like that unless I'm in a mood where they just push one of my buttons. You know, because I kind of understand that they've they've got questions and they want to know. So the best thing that we can do as veterans is um, not necessarily feed into some of the, the bullshit and immature questions that they have. But, I mean, we got to remember that we're people too, you know. So, like. I think it's because they just see it in movies and they play video games. It's like people ask me, like, I have, I have friends that are vets that play Call of Duty all the time. They play it. They have fun. Guilty. They enjoy Yeah. Guilty as fuck. Well, I was playing, I can't remember one version, and I fucking swear to you, it was, so when I, when I was in, when I see long convoys, like, we, we would do route clearances that were, like, anywhere from 24 to 36, sometimes 48 hours, right? Mm. So imagine driving for 48 hours straight. Fucking sucks, right? But imagine not sleeping and then hallucinating. So every time we went up MSR Boston, um, MSR Boston, MSR Michigan, those two, the way the plants, the way the trees died from burning... They would, in my eyes, I would hallucinate into this uh, this firing demon that I was driving straight into his fucking mouth. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So, you know, and it's funny. It always only it only happened if we if we hit that route on the way back. So if I hit it first, we were cool. But I was playing one of the Call of Duties, and I fucking swear I saw the same thing in there. And fucking, I dropped the controller. Heart started fucking pounding, and I had no idea where the fuck I was. I mean that fucking sucks. Ever since then, I haven't played. I like like Fight Night Round Two and shit like that, like old games. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, um, I think distancing yourself from those kind of situations is good. Um, so I one think it's good and bad, you know, to an extent, because you never really face it. You know what I'm saying? For sure, and I can see that. But uh, it's like one of the big things for me in dealing with what I go through is. Um, I was medevac in 2010 from Afghanistan. So Mm -hmm. for that span that I was still in for that, you know, four years, um, I had a lot of battles that Mm -hmm. I fought. And, uh, you know, one of the things that helped me the most was actually stepping away from the military. And it was Mm -hmm. a conscious decision I had to make, um, even though, you know, it wasn't necessarily like I was, you know, in combat those four years because I I wasn't. Mm -hmm. But just being in that kind of environment just had me in a certain mindset. So I wasn't able to really process everything that I dealt with overseas. Mm-hmm. And then the past two years that I've been out of the military, I've made huge strides in kind of dealing with that and overcoming it and um, getting back into the world and you know being sociable and being a person again. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, it gets kind of, I think it's kind of rough because no matter how much or how little people see like, you know, the people that never left the wire that sat there and they claim, you know, that they're fucking 
having flashbacks when, you know, the worst thing you do is get a paper cut. That irritates me. You know, but you look at, like, for, for me, and there's people that, you know, it, it's it kind of changes the, the way you look at kind of life overall, I think. If that makes sense. For sure. So, my, okay, so I, I thought of the one that I hate the most when people say as far as Marines, like, like, I got an uncle that says it all the time. Oh, I was going to be a Marine, but I was too badass to be a Marine. He tells you that? Yeah. I can't stand that shit. Yeah. Like, that is, like, it's not even, like, a disrespectful. It's not even, like, insulting. It's just, like, man, if, if you know, I always tell people, like, you know, people are like, oh, you think you're badass because you're a Marine? I'm like, nah, dude, I'm a big pussy. You're more than welcome to find out, you know? Uh, but you look at like the like you said you look at the baddest dudes in the in the military, and you know like like did you see the thing about um, they did an interview with Mathis about how strong your knife hand is? Yeah, and he was humble about it. Yeah, I mean, but it's funny because it's true. I mean, I, I just imagine him putting his hand down, and all of a sudden a fucking nine point earthquake happens in Japan. Yeah, I think that's what really happened in uh, Fukushima. Yeah. A maddest knife hand. I think he sneezed, and then his knife hand just went out of control for a few minutes, for right. about five seconds. But um, that's kind of going back to the the what bothers you um, that you hear because, I mean, I, I remember it's like uh, you know who tells you that too? People in the Navy. I never hear people in the Army. I, I personally didn't have anybody tell me I was gonna go. I was gonna be a Marine, but then I got, but then I got high. No, Hector. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I feel that's so terrible. See, Hector, I almost came off the hip and went from there. I mean, Brandon, I think you're too sweet to join the Marine Corps, bro. To be honest with you, you might have done really well in, like, the Coast Guard. You know, I mean, what do you think? You saw Brandon. What do you think? Coast Guard? Or, like, Merchant Marines? Merchant Marines, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> Brandon's like, fuck this guy. I know, what Don't ever dick. have him on I your know. fucking podcast again. He's just oh, going to roast me the entire time. I know. Brandon, dude, I love Brandon so much, man. I love, you know, um, all, all my friends do that were real support. So, but, um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is I think I lost my list of what we we're going to talk about. So let's go back to your show a little bit more because I keep jumping off of it. Oh, I got some stuff over here and some stuff over here. So, um, all right. So you talked about talking about that, about shooting and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Brandon said, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." <laughs> so, Sorry, dude. Yeah, I mean, what? So, so tell me real quick, what was the idea? You know, what what got you yesterday to say, "Hey, should I do this?" What was the the thought where you figured this was something you wanted to do? You know what, man? I've played with the idea for the last year um, and bounced the idea off of a couple of close friends of mine. One's actually uh, a former Marine. He was uh, my roommate. Um, so he was an infantryman. He was on a fast team. Um, super, super good dude. I'm really close with him. And we share a common interest in fighting because he was, uh, he basically fought at the Marine Corps level, whatever the, the higher Marine Corps um, combatives program is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had that in common because we both fought at higher levels in the military. Um, so, you know, we always talk about it and, um, Joe Rogan's kind of a big inspiration, you know, looking at the things he's done and, um, yeah, how uh, introspective he is and how thoughtful and engaging he is. And then looking at some of his fight companions where, you know, he's got Eddie Bravo on there and Brennan Chobb and he's, 
he's just drinking, have a good time, you know, breaking down fights. And yeah. so um, another guy I talked to is another grunt. He was an SDM um, uh, Purple Heart recipient. His name's Luke Johnson. Really good dude. And so, you know, most of the bigger cards, we usually get together and watch it. So um, we're always breaking down the fights. And uh, Luke's also got a big interest in MMA and, and grappling. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where the idea was spurned. It was always kind of joke, like, oh, we should get together and just, um, you talk know, shit. do like Joe Rogan and get high and talk about fights. Is um, that what he does? Yeah, they get He's so amazing. They get so blazed and talk about fights. Really? Um, I listen to his show, but I only listen to the Joe Rogan. Is it Joe Rogan Effect? Joe Rogan Experience. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Is that? But it was his earlier time when I don't think he was doing it out of his house yet. Okay. So I mean. That dude, though, you can imagine that guy makes so much fucking money. I mean, people ask me too, like, "Oh, how much, you know, you making money off that?" And it's like, I don't do this to make money, and I don't make any money. I mean, I just ran the um, the whole charity thing for um, Simplify Fund, mm-hmm. right? To where I made shirts, which I'm kind of disappointed because people that I thought wouldn't buy them bought them, and the people that I was sure was going to get them. People that are on this podcast right or watching this live right now didn't, so I'm a little disappointed. Busted. In that. Oh yeah. And we specifically made sure they had super, super extra fat kid. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So Awkward um, silence. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing is, like, for me, the show is not for me to make money. I mean, later, if I can make some money doing it, cool. Um, which is highly possible, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of time. Um, right. Yeah. See, look, you know when you get a, when you get a, a message right back? Somebody's guilty, guilty conscience and shit. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, you know, I do it for the, for the, the ability. <laughs> I totally hear dishes being done right now. Yeah, totally hear dishes being done. So, um, you know, I do it for, for fun, you know, obviously, because I really enjoy it. For me, it's been an outlet. I mean, I've talked about it plenty of times. It's always an outlet and how I can um, just overall, let me see if I can get this out a little bit. I think I turned our levels way too down. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to, to take that out. But maybe Jay will be very sweet and help me out a little bit. So, Seth, let me test some levels. Okay. Yeah, we're, we got you way low. Keep yeah. Going. All right. Can you fix it? I think we're good Is there. better? Okay. It got way louder. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and drop a song in, and we'll be right back to this. So give me one sec. All right, so not sure what song we're going to play, but we're going to play, and here it goes. Be free, because I'm going to be me. Bitches be talking, helicopters flying. Do more seven sins, I'm in her mouth like hygiene. No, no, new nigga, only talk to my team. Touchdown, down, six points, plus the shipping fee. Now listen, little nigga, you need auto tune to bend the beat. Speaking no Spanish when I tell that bitch, bend the key. Dirty Diana looking racist, wrapped in my seat. I beat that pussy while I'm hanging from the ceiling. 
Michael Jordan couldn't tell you how my Nikes feel I really touch you, Uncle Reggie, make me cop a feel Fuck the cameras, knock your lights out, that's how the accent feel Top of the morning, top of the morning for me, me Then I go me, me, counting all these diseases A little black sheep, sheep that really wanna be me Hey, damn, it's too much snow, this bitch is freezing I'm that black, black shabbat, raw shit, my pit, my own fashion Elevating, levitating, all I'm swear I'm doing magic Bitch, I rap for cabbage, track up damage, damage the same for fame, laughing Marcy, vintage Matt, we won't serve and that's my savage ass Smoking like a dragon, hottest kitchen suits have soup Rap Brazilian jujitsu, we don't spit, we vomit too Stir like Tierra Misu, grind like Eric Carlson Often ball like Spalding, what up, Billy Money calling 7.30, go for crazy, Uber, wavy, faded, sober, sick, whatever This that black boat suck, my nigga, give a fuck if you don't feel it Ain't nobody fucking with us, batting cage, we full of hitters This record full of killers, ain't nobody out you really out Ain't nobody fucking with us Ain't too many motherfuckers in the world you can trust Fuck what everybody wants, just what everyone needs From the motherland of five, five hundred degrees Ain't nobody fucking with us Ain't too many motherfuckers in the world you can trust Fuck what everybody wants, just what everyone needs From the motherland of five, five hundred degrees can't fuck with us Blowing clouds so fat But y'all can't puff with us I'ma serve you up So sweet and so nice Got you begging baby Give it to me one more time I'ma spit my rhymes I'ma get it in Just when you think you had enough I'ma pass you to a friend A fucking ride until the end Is what I'm talking about So take a moment and reflect Before you open your Yo, mouth yeah. Baby like who is that though Motherfucking asshole Never had to front I send my niggas through your back though I'm back though Never left Leaving several severed necks Chop your top half and tell the bottom he can get it next Rest is for the week so sleep is something I can never get What the fuck is practice AI always been the best That's the crossover Tyronn Lue You get walked over I ain't gotta tie my shoe So look up caveman pure fire when I cook up Kush nigga masterpiece you know I got the hook up I'm hooked up locked in niggas getting boxed in If I'm not number one I'm socking niggas in the top ten Rock timber rock skin Half but never half step Talk about my race but everybody got a lap left I am that vet saluter Gotta knuckle up the model with the squad go Can't nobody fuck with us Ain't nobody fucking with us Ain't too many motherfuckers in the world you can trust Fuck what everybody wants Just what everyone needs From the motherland of five, five hundred degrees Ain't nobody fucking with us Ain't too many motherfuckers in the world you can trust Fuck what everybody wants, it's what everyone needs From the motherland of five, five hundred degrees, yeah think so that's motherland of fire what do you think of that song it's got a dope beat yeah so that's by jay bentley um for those of you who don't know jared bentley um you know half of the brazen bulls definitely one of my favorites out there we played a lot of his music he's definitely um super helpful in terms of 
getting us tracks when we need them, stuff like that. Um, hopefully, we can have a live show again at some point. It's been a while since I've been able to have them on. So, um, we talked about Seth's show. We'll probably have Seth on again when he figures out what he's going to name it. Absolutely. So, we can come on again, plan a little bit better. Um, I had a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. So, Financial Five is going to have to get uh, post-dates in next week. So, we'll be back on Tuesday again. Um, this week is just a rough week for me. Um, so, again, I want to give a shout-out to Heroes Media Group. Check them out Facebook, uh, all that. Check me out on the Instagram at All Evolve. And then, uh, again, if you haven't had a chance, just go to teespring.com slash allevolve. There's a shirt there to buy. I mean, December 4th is the last day to buy it. But from there, that is where you're going to um, get that donation money to uh, Simplify Fund. So, again, I want to say thanks a lot for being here. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Seth, I'm glad to have you on. Good Good to actually be with you in the flesh again. Absolutely, man. It's been a while. So we'll go ahead and get on to that new show. Um, yeah, so hopefully you guys had a good time And I think I'm going to drop you guys out with one more song I just don't know what it is yet So if you haven't done it on uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, follow us Also, if you guys are um, on iTunes, make sure you subscribe and follow us on iTunes, alright? Alright, well you guys have a good one As always, love you, Good night. see you guys next week All right, now I'm really leaving. Okay.
creeping up the top of my lungs I'm dangerous tonight Don't you tell me that I'm wrong